And welcome everyone, thanks so much for joining for our 62nd, uh, 62 um, battery, uh, battery Evolution or Battery Insiders session. Um, it's part of the Battery Insiders podcast. We do these um, live conversations here with great experts in the field of batteries and everything connected to it. Um, I'm joined here by fantastic Bavia. Um, Bavia, who is our co-moderator of the day and has been for, for a long time as well. And we are very lucky to have also a fantastic um, speaker with us today um, who has a lot of experience in the world of batteries as well as the world of investing and the crossover, of course, being battery investing as well. So very excited to have you here, Catherine, um, to hear from you, your perspectives on this topic, and then hopefully have a very engaged discussion. Thank you, Simon, for the introduction. Um, and hello, everyone. Um, right now I'm in California, San Francisco, in the morning. Just wake up with uh, my SOC 100%. Uh, it's take me for a while to re-download the Clubhouse app <laughs> to figure out how to um, how to get back to this room. But it's so exciting to meet everyone and talk about batteries, investments, um, and more. Uh, ongoing excitement, uh, excited new trends in the battery field. Fantastic, thank you. And uh, maybe we can start, and Bavia, if you want to say a quick few words about yourself, because I know you also have some experience on this topic as well, and then we go over to Catherine. Sure, thank you, Simon, for hosting this and for inviting me to co-moderate today's conversation. Um, it's a pleasure to meet all of you. My name is Bavia. I am actually currently in New York, where I'm about to wrap up my policy degree um, in energy policy here at Columbia, and I'll be working in renewable energy project finance afterwards. So very excited for today's topic. And Catherine, you have an amazing background, so I'm definitely excited to hear about that, um, especially given that I too was once in the Bay Area working at Tesla on batteries um, and then did battery research in Europe on a Fulbright, which is actually how I was able to connect with Simon. And so um, I've been deep in battery world, deep in policy world, now getting deep in finance world. And um, all of those really do come together right now, especially in the US with the Inflation Reduction Act and whatnot, um, which I'm sure we'll jump into uh, throughout the conversation. Um, but it all comes together with clean energy and investments. And so um, very excited for today's conversation. And with that, Catherine, um, I'd love to hear um, what you're working on right now about, about TDK um, and your background and um, the number of aspects of batteries that you touch. I did have a chance to look at your um, bio and it sounds like you and I could probably have a very long conversation about being um, in the battery space. And so with that, please, uh, we'd love to hear about um, your journey into battery world. Uh, of course, thank you, uh, Bavi. I'm also very interested to talk to you. I think we're very similar uh, from technical <laughs> engineer background, and then uh, moving to more on the finance side. Um, so um, yeah, I realized I forgot to introduce myself and my background. Uh, my name is Catherine. Uh, right now, I'm investor at TDK Ventures. Uh, TDK Ventures is the venture arm of a big company called TDK. I think probably our generation might not recognize it, but probably when you go back to ask your mom and dad, you know, you will they will recognize, oh, TDK, the cassettes um, have very famous uh, cassette uh, product, uh, like 
20 years ago, <laughs> but business already phased down, uh, phased out. But um, TDK is still a very big company, already been there for 87 years, um, starting the business um, magnetic ferret materials. Uh, thus, that's why, you know, ferret tapes, um, uh, magnetic tapes is one of the product. Uh, TDK continue develop um, the business and product into other areas, uh, basically all kinds of electronic components, including batteries. In 2005, TDK acquired a very big battery company called ATL, which is one of the largest battery manufacturer uh, making consumer electronic batteries. So that's kind of the reason why um, I'm here in TDK Ventures, uh, because my background is on battery. I've got my PhD in material science, working on lithium ion battery, especially um, silicon anode and some electrode processing for seven years. <laughs> and then I was a battery engineer um, in a startup in Boston, um, called Nanoramic. And then uh, now I joined TDK Ventures one and a half years ago, I think almost uh, one year and 10 months ago. Yeah, already one year, 10 months. Um, and helping the team uh, to look at battery uh, startups and beyond battery, because we also investment in the more broad um, climate tech, clean tech. Uh, basically, right now, the whole energy transformation is a big topic. So we also made investment in green hydrogen, nuclear fusion, uh, but in battery space, we made investment in um, battery recycling. Um, the company's called Ascend Elements, which is one of the largest battery recycling startup in the US. Now they have a um, um, plant in recycling plants in uh, Georgia with 30,000 um, tons of capacity. And then they're investing another $1 billion to build a pecan precursor of cathode material um, plant in uh, Kentucky, because right now we all see the IRA is driving building the local supply chain. Uh, well, you know, US, there's we barely can find a cathode or pecan producer. And then Ascend Elements is sitting at a place to really contribute um, the cathode material and pecan that direct recycled from the black mass. Um, and so this is one of our investment in the battery space. Another one is called AM batteries, uh, which is a dry coating technology. Um, I think people in the battery space know dry coating very well, uh, especially with the Tesla. I think um, Bavia, you also heard about Tesla, uh, Elon Musk battery day announced a dry coating technology. Yes. Yeah, uh, so with the dry coating, um, it could potentially uh, reduce 40% of the energy consumption in the gigafactory during battery manufacturing process. Uh, because when you use dry coating, instead of right now where we're using the solvent-based wet coating, uh, you could basically eliminate um, the solvent NMP, which is very nasty. I know Europe is going to ban NMP as well. Uh, and also, you know, elim the, um, eliminate the 
solvent, organic solvent, as well as a whole system. Right now we are using for solvent recovery, which is very expensive. So you can save not only carbon footprint and also save a lot of uh, um, investment uh, on your capacity, uh, on your um, equipment. So you can save on capex, you can save uh, energy consumption. And also there's um, uh, other benefits uh, from dry coating as well on the battery performance. So that is another investment that we make in the battery space. Uh, yeah, probably one more is not really battery, but it's still related to the battery supply chain. Um, the company is called Novalis. It's an Australian startup working on direct lithium extraction. So we actually just announced it um, two weeks ago. Uh, so they're having a very cool technology to directly uh, sequester carbon dioxide, basically the industry um, waste gas, carbon dioxide, to directly convert lithium from the liquid spodumene into battery grade, high purity, 99.5% uh, or higher purity of lithium carbonate. So this is also after several months of research that we find out, wow, lithium will be a big problem for the entire um, battery industry because you see gigafactories built here and there. We can build gigafactories in in one one year and one half year. But building the ramp up of the materials takes, you know, three to five years. But looking at mining to achieve the production level that we want, it takes 10 years or more. So we realized that, okay, we need to find a better, um, a better, cleaner, quicker lithium extraction technology, not only extraction, but also processing, because we know right now, most of the lithium are extracted from either um, South, um, South America or Australia, and then shipped back to China for the processing. Many of the traditional um, lithium uh, concentrating, um, refining, converting process is still very dirty, uh, very high carbon intensive. So we're looking for uh, new technologies to uh, to totally give a <laughs> kind of to, we are finding game changers um, for the lithium industry as well. Yeah, so these are three battery related business that we have made in TDK Ventures. Um, and then we're continue looking for exciting opportunities. Um, hope to contribute more in the battery investment sector. Great. That is um, amazing to hear, especially as someone who has been curious for a long time about where and how these um, battery investments are happening. And so, I mean, you, t you told us a little, a little bit about the where, and now I'd love to know about how, um, you know, you're, you're at a venture, it's a, it's a VC, like you're obviously supporting early stage innovation. How, what are some of the investment considerations that you think about when like assessing any of these uh, three? I mean, obviously success and, you know, profitability are important from the investment and financial standpoint, but um, how is that, how have different policies like the IRA and whatnot also changed how you all approach um, investing and the considerations that you have when assessing a project? Uh, sure, Bavia. So in TDK Ventures, we have, a, we designed a process called deep exploration. So when we make an investment, it is more, um, proactive that we 
do a deep um, deep dive in one area, which means we'll spend three months, four months, or sometimes half year to looking at the problem in one sector. We will talk to basically all the startups in the space, talk to all the experts, uh, talk to all the customers from you know cell manufacturer, from car OEMs, to really understand the problem and at the same time to compare uh, startup solutions and then to find out the KPIs to solve these problems. And then we will choose, we call it the king of the hill. Um, and then, you know, this is based on the investment thesis that we developed after the several months of deep exploration. And then we started to look, do the due diligence, look at the technology, look at the team, look at the um, market fit. Um, you know, for us, we're doing early stage investment from really from series C to series A. So not too much on the financial side. <laughs> Most of the companies still like uh, not having revenue. Um, but I think we kind of from a big picture, look at the problem uh, and then build our investment thesis uh, and then pick the startups that we see are most promising um, problem solver. And then we start our due diligence um, and then we end up with um, kind of due diligence report or some, uh, we call it, um, insights investment memo uh, and then we we will um, decide whether to invest or not if we want to invest if we have a strong um, conviction on the startup we will also love to lead the investment round or we'll share our um, insights with um, other other of our um, some of the really good co-investors to together getting the round to help the startup to build the dream syndicate um, not only provide money, but also provide money um, to bring on the people from strategy, uh, strategic or from finance to help them for their future development. Yeah, I think this is kind of our investment process. So you mentioned about IRA, for sure. I do feel like um, the first year that I joined TD Ventures, which is um, exactly before the IRA, I feel there's not really too many people you know a better investment is hard for sure uh, but it is after the ira i realized that i received much more interest um, from the general vc uh, sector many of the investors especially many of the financial investors um, financial vcs who usually are not really touching these you know better investment or deep um deep tech hardware <laughs> you know you really these battery investments are pretty time consuming capital intensive uh that some financial VCs don't really want to touch on uh but i feel like after the ira it um excited many investors uh either in or not in um, the energy sector that they become exciting, uh, excited and then in, uh, curious to look at battery startups, uh, battery technologies, battery supply chain, um, upstream and downstream from mining, processing, um, manufacturing, uh, of course, materials, anode, cathode, electrolyte uh, to like manufacturing, how you make the cell, 
uh, how you make the module pack and also inline inspection technologies as well applications in EV, in EV tow, in energy storage, um, as well as recycling and also reuse like second life batteries. So all the topics become uh, become hot, <laughs> um, but I'm really happy for that because it shows that, you know, the IRA is really, um, I think not only the $369 billion from the government, but it will trigger both the public and private uh, investments that up to, you know, trillion dollars um, to put into the, clean energy uh, battery industry yeah yeah I, I you're so right you can and we already see how much more uh investment spillover there is that thanks to the government's commitment at least here in the u.s um one more question i had about uh your investment considerations it sounds like battery recycling for you all was one of the deep exploration uh topics that you chose to kind of dig deep on correct me if i'm wrong um, there are multiple processes that I just happened to have uh, researched myself, and I was wondering within that, are there, I mean, it sounds like you've already made some investments, but, um, and probably are up to speed on what the, these processes look like and how they differ for different battery chemistries, but are there some that you uh, or TDK has prioritized investing in um, over others? Because there are a lot of side effects and other environmental impacts of these processes, um, mostly the pyrometallurgic and hydrometallurgic options. And so I was wondering if there's been more of an uptick in uh, direct battery recycling, which is a process I think developed in Germany. Sure, sure. Uh, thanks, Bavia. That it is a very interesting topic. Uh, look at hydro, pyro, and also right now more and more direct recycling technologies uh, are emerging. So actually, we made the battery investment um, in TDK Ventures before I joined. Uh, I would really appreciate, um, you know, the decision making actually is from my manager, Anil. Uh, right now, he's the managing director at TDK Ventures. So he shared some of the stories that um, why the process, how he how he did the evaluation, how he did the validation, and then why he chose uh, send elements, I think, back Back to the day, they have the previous name is called battery sources um, to be our investment target. Because in the US, um, if you know, they're top players like Redwood Materials, uh, Lifecycle, Lifecycle already a um, public company. Redwood Materials uh, funded by Tesla, previous CTO, GB. Uh, so Ascend in comparison is from University Lab. Um, Professor Yan Wang from WPI uh, invented the technology. So the reason that we choose Ascend is that Ascend at that time is the only company that is doing hydro to cathode, which is meaning, um, you know, right now many battery recyclers, when they get waste batteries, um, used batteries or uh, scrap, what they do is they, they, um, they collect uh, the, the feedstock and then um, they crush it uh, and then they um, they they recycle it back to uh, black mass using you know either uh, pyro hydro process, and then um, after that they they do a lot of processing and then they separate the materials into different metal salts uh, or other intermediates. You can bring them back to LME or 
some business they directly sell black mass, and then some of them they can sell different state of uh, uh, metal saw that you um, separate and process from the black mass. But Ascend Elements uh, is doing, uh, I would say it's kind of in situ, um, impurity removal, and then they're doing, uh, they're directly um, to convert uh, what you have in the black mass into um, cathode materials. So the process, the biggest differentiation is that we don't really separate them into different metal salts and then resynthesize. We just uh, kick off all different impurities and then you can co-precipitate um, a lot of uh, uh, precursors uh, to form cathode materials. So this is uh, only hydro to cathode technology. Basically right now you will see more and more recyclers trying to do the same. Um, but I would say whoever right now claim hydro to cathode, they're infringing ascent elements um, IP that they filed 10 years ago. So this is a, one of the key insights we have that we hope to directly convert um, black mass to high value end product, which is cathode materials, instead of, you know, to break them into, um, to, you know, just recycle black mass, separate them um, to different metal salts or intermediates. This is actually the same investment thesis that we made when we look at the lithium space. You know, there are people doing extraction, there are people doing uh, refining, uh, there are people doing um, final step converting, but when we look at it, we're looking for end-to-end -end solution, which is, that's also why we choose Novalis. Um, it's kind of from uh, from spodumene to final battery grade lithium carbonate. So we're having similar investment thesis here to find the interrupter, the innovator in this space that could uh, bridge or simplify the process flow um, to directly provide high value product because you know there's a lot of lithium but not too much battery grade lithium and also for battery materials it's the same you know you can buy lithium salt uh, you can buy uh, cobalt nickel salt everywhere but to synthesize into battery materials into cathode material or pcams precursor cathode material it's need extra level of technology and in the us we barely have that so that's why uh, we choose Ascend Elements to be our uh, bet in the battery recycling space. And for another consideration is that uh, we are also looking at many direct recycling technologies, which are um, very exciting, very interesting. However, the biggest concern we have is most of the direct recycling technology will be hard to scale. This is a big learning that um, we have uh, from making the investment to ascend elements is that for recycling, you have to have the ability to scale. If not, you will not get a fee stock. And then if you don't have the fee stock, then your business cannot scale. So it's kind of, you know, um, the, the all the gigafactories right now have pretty high defect rates, pretty high scrap rates. And then it has to to work with someone who have the capability to deal with uh, tens of thousands um, black mass. 
for pyro or hydro, it is easier to do that. But for many of the direct recycling, they do not have the capability to scale their um, processing. So I think the applications for them might be limited in some of the smaller scale, like consumer electronics, um, like your small like batteries from uh, iPhone or uh, so I, I would say in that space, probably direct recycling can handle, but for the mass scale EV battery or gigafactory plants, I would say still probably there are more work that need to be done uh, for direct recycling. And also in Argonne, there's a resale, uh, the, the program to track all the direct recycling technology. And then in the past 10 years, we're not seeing any of them that's been really validated in scale. So we're still excited to look at the space, but um, right now we're uh, having the new learnings, um, having, uh, looking at different, evaluate different opportunities. Uh, we still feel like right now in US, in Europe, where we are at the time window um, of building supply chain for the electrification. And then we need the technology that is, you know, not only fancy in the lab, uh, lab result, but could really be practical and scale um, at the fastest speed. Great, thank you for that insight. It was really helpful. Um, and I was thinking about those processes, which it, I think we have some questions about in the chat, so. Maybe one thing is, uh, no, thanks so much for, for sharing. I think yeah, there are a lot of questions yes. and also I think we wanna to go to you in a second and then no, you know, it's, it's it's we we love geeking out on recycling, so I want to make sure we we can. <laughs> but um, of course, we also want to talk about the process of battery investment more broadly, right? And what it means, and so I have a few questions on that. But you're right; I will go to Weber before, and then I will dig into some more battery investing topics as well. Thank you. Hi, hey Simon, how are you? Uh, so it's my first time here. I'm not sure if we're running short on time or not, but I'll just quickly get to my question. Uh, so Catherine, I wanted to understand a bit more about. Uh, when you mentioned challenges with scaling up, uh, you know, direct recycling, uh, is it a challenge because you don't know uh, what? So the feedstock has a variable chemistry that you get in. It could be five, three, two, six, one, one, or whatever. And on the output side, you don't get uh, enough clarity on what chemistry you want to produce. Is that the reason why uh, it's not scalable, or it's a bit of a challenge, or? Is it that the process is not modular enough to, you know, run in batches or uh, smaller scale? Uh, so just a couple of questions around that. Sure. Um, I think uh, at least from my understanding, uh, direct, I think direct recycling, many of the direct recycling, uh, they are using different technologies to fix some of the, uh, you know, material surfaces. But uh, in some cases, they are not really are uh, really fixing the internal um, like materials, crystal, and also many, um, you know, when you, especially when you cycle the materials, uh, there are a lot of uh, internal phase change um, and surface, um, surface change. And then uh, some of the direct recycling, they're just uh, remove um, the, you know, like some polymers or uh, other stuff, but it cannot fix the internal crystal structure. And also some of the dry recycling, um, they still need to add 
extra external like lithium salt they have to uh to buy uh lithium hydroxide or uh to to buy other um other chemicals to 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 add to their direct recycling process um and however compare with that ascent could do right now they're doing a very unique process to extract uh lithium uh from the black mass with very high recovery rate uh, so they're right now not only providing the uh, PCAM, but also providing lithium. They also signed a big contract with Cora on the lithium supply. And then another key learning probably on the market side is that market or customer uh, need side is that many of the customers, they actually do not want CAM. They do not want cathode material, but they want PCAM because, you know, big companies, especially tier one, OEMs, tier one cell manufacturers, they actually have their very unique um, cell design. They have very their unique um, cathode design. They have their cell manufacturer to work with. So they would love to prefer to get precursor of cathode material instead of um, CAM so that they can work together with their uh, cell manufacturer um, cathode um, manufacturer to make the castle that they want. Uh, so this is actually, uh, and then in comparison, many probably tier two, tier three companies, because they do not have the capability, they will want cathode material. Um, so this is another conviction that we, um, we do not bet on direct recycling, that directs go to cathode material uh, because many of the tuning and also extra layer of uh, material design is they, the big company, they still want to keep them, uh, keep these at, at, you know, at themselves. They do not want a third party to handle that. So that's uh, probably another reason that right now Ascend, they could do a precursor of castle material. And then that is per many customers ask and request that they are building this PCAM uh, plant in Kentucky. Did I um, answer your questions? I, I remember you asked uh, quite a lot of questions. Yeah, uh, so thanks a lot. That's a really interesting insight. So I do see some challenge and some opportunity on the side of integrating the whole value chain. Uh, so that's it. Thanks a lot for this insight. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And of course, there's also more questions on the topic of recycling. And it's definitely one of these really exciting topics. And we know that and we had some sessions on that as well. And I don't want to, you know, um, if we want to give some space also for Mark, I think had some, some great questions there as well. But maybe before we do so, I'm just curious um, about, I mean, I know also the, the exciting story, of course, was ATL and CTL. And I think maybe that's something also interesting to explore at some point, you know, with TDK. But um, I guess the one question I had was how to get investment maybe in the less attractive topics, right? Because we know there's an entire battery value chain to, you know, to, to, to ramp up, right? And of course, there's some topics always more interesting than others. It's about business cases, etc. And yeah, maybe that's one thing, how to move, you know, the money into the important areas, maybe which are less you know, attractive and how to, how to find the money for that. Um, maybe more long-term stories as well in ways. And then the second, um, I'm curious because, of course, you mentioned Inflation Reduction Act and topics like that. And I'm, I'm, I saw, for example, you know, there's a lot of support, for example, from South Korea, right, where there over 5 billion U.S. dollars will be made available, right, as support for South Korean companies to, to expand in the U.S., for example, right? So I'm wondering, um, yeah, if you're seeing this as well, you know, 
you know, how governments maybe really, you know, try to boost the investment sector in these areas. Um, so I'm just curious for that. Uh, sure, uh, Simon, for your first question, um, we all see, um, so CATL just announced their 500 watt hour per kilogram um, condensed matter battery for electrification aviation. They also announced sodium ion battery, uh, both CATL and BYD, they build a sodium ion battery prototype uh, for both EV and for energy storage. Uh, so for sure, I think um, it's bringing us a lot of thinking on uh, how we should allocate our money to, uh, you know, there are for sure big guys, big players like CATL. Once they make some move, the, the entire industry, the entire supply chain will be <laughs> ready for them. Like, for example, for sodium, I've seen that happen in China in six months to one year. Uh, looks like the sodium mine battery supply chain is now ready to go. Um, but that probably won't happen in the U.S. Uh, so so that's kind of what drives our investment thesis in the battery space that we are right now less and less um, bet on um, new materials because we find out that no matter how good the new materials, the new battery design, either solid state or, you know, um, lithium anode uh, or silicon anode. So, so, so there are a lot of innovations in the material level in the solid state batteries in the U.S. But in U.S., we are lacking the capability on the battery manufacturing. So, no matter how good the cell um, could be designed, it will be very hard to to be produced. And then, so the business might struggling so we are seeing those already public company already spec'd company um, having a hard time um, so from the investment perspective we're we're more looking at the big trend the next big trend for example on supply chain us does not have the supply chain we do not have uh you know material large battery material makers uh large material processors in the us so that's why we invest in battery recycling, which is not only, you know, recycle the used battery, but it is a much faster way to provide um, battery materials. So right now, as an element, it is upcycle. It is not only recycle, it is upcycle to provide um, all the precursors for battery manufacturing, which if not using, um, upcycling it will take another five years to build and ramp up the production that we need uh, for the electrification so battery recycling is a big trend that we bet on and then another thing we bet on is um right now with everyone come to us to build big gigafactory we need to leapfrog um, what right now asia is already doing so that's why we invest in AM batteries, which is dry coating technology. We try to build the next generation gigafactory with a much higher efficient, much smaller um, footprint, um, much better, um, much better um, capital uh, cost, um, and also a lot of savings on energy. So I think these are kind of we are looking at the big trend, what exactly U.S. could do and take advantage. Because I think right now U.S. to really 
for us to advance um, material manufacturing in scale, it is still hard to compete with China, uh, South Korea. Um, so that's why we bet on recycling and also dry coating to 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 more of thinking what unique situation U.S. stands and also the lithium extraction, which we invest in company in Australia. Australia is also one of the FTA free trading partners of U.S. Um, that um, U.S. could take advantage of their technology to accelerate the lithium supply. Um, so this is kind of our strategy on lithium ion battery investment. I'm, I'm, I'm still looking at like new battery technologies, um, the next generation, like lithium metal batteries, but I'm thinking more on the reverse side. Like, is there any way that companies in China or in South Korea, they can out-licensing their manufacturing technology to US companies? I think this is already happening between CETL and Ford. Um, so because of the IRA, you know, there's a lot of um, constraints for Chinese companies to come here to build factories. But CETLs um, with Ford, they are aligning on uh, CETL only license to Ford without touching the management, without touching the uh, the equity. Uh, it's not a joint venture. It's not a investment. It's a only licensing. Uh, the battery manufacturing to Ford, and then Ford build uh, and operate the, the plants, the battery plants here. So because I feel right now there's a lot of know-how actually from Asia, from China, from South Korea that U.S. should learn from. Um, so so in with the drive the policy, um, I think I'm actually not that worried about our where the materials come come from because right now look at North America, look at all the FDA partners, um, South Korea, uh, and also Japan's right now adding to the list. Um, I think it's happening, right? <laughs> I think that's probably um, Japan also added to the list. Um, and then Europe is doing the same thing. So I think sourcing the materials, sourcing the um, battery materials, and even the battery cells, uh, it's not really a big problem, but you know, but manufacturing, I think in the U.S. Um, or in the Europe, I think Europe uh, North Road, um We also probably need more battery manufacturing for Europe as well. I think probably could learn from what CATL is doing with Ford, kind of out licensing um, from Asia back to uh, U.S. and also Europe. Um, to I, I think Europe has less concern because CET already have uh, two plants there. But in U.S., you know, with a very sensitive uh, geopolitical relationship between U.S. and China, um, I think right now companies um, are trying in more innovative ways to make the manufacturing happen. Great. Thanks a lot for sharing. Maybe one quick follow-up on this one. And I think, yeah, that's, that's interesting also before we go in, Goto. Um, just one quick follow-up one, like how do you identify that? Because now you mentioned also, you know, topics like countries and like, you know, how, how to be specialized and how to be competitive and how would you look at size, right? Like, you know, I mean, smaller investments, larger, I mean, 
because we mentioned also CRTL, right? Can maybe bring on something really exciting on the market, right? And have a lot of resource to do so. Smaller companies may be very innovative, but it's quite a hard challenge to scale up. So I'm just wondering maybe what's the right place for, for startups, would you say, compared to like big companies? Like where is you know their specialty? Like where should they innovate each of them? I think right now, look at the, the big environment. Um, many startups are having a hard time. Um, so it's not only the startups in the battery space, but the overall, uh, I, I think clean tech space is actually much better than other industries. But in the past one year, we're seeing a lot of uh, startups having a, a, you know, a down round or they're, they're no longer <laughs> increasing the valuations as crazy as before. Uh, they have a flat round or down, down round. And then we are seeing more trends or like higher possibilities uh, now and in the future years of um, acquisition M&A instead of um, go SPAC or go IPO for battery startups, especially with many other industries trying to get, trying to um, come to join the entire energy transformation they want to they who d- did not have a better business before right now they're trying to uh to have this um port uh to 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 want to have to build new better business it is actually a good opportunity for better startups to uh, target at licensing or being acquired by uh big big companies uh, so I think this is one way that better startups right now are having uh, good opportunities um, as a not that bad way to exit. Um, another way I'm still from investments perspective, we still want to bet on the true winners, probably, you know, the next CATL in the U.S. Because right now the market is, in the U.S. is massive. If you look at the electrification percentage in China, it is about 30%, right? 30% EVs running on the road. But in US, this number is only single digit 6%. So a lot of um, um, market drive here, um, think about the 90, the, the rest of 94% of the car <laughs> running on the road, they will all become electric. And also the energy storage, Energy storage, I think this is growing even faster than the EV industry. Look at all the renewables, all the solar wind. There's less than 2% of energy storage that paired with these renewables. So so I see US has a actually much larger market, um, like in both EV and energy storage uh, that require uh, local uh, battery supply. So I do see there will be a chance for, for us to see a, a startup that could grow into a kind of, you know, Northvolt or CETL in the U.S. Uh, yeah. And Simon, what is your second question? <laughs> no, I think you, you answered perfectly. No, 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 thanks. I think that's, okay. that's for me. I think, and Gordon had a question. Ababa, also, I see you want to speak. Yeah. Did you have a quick uh, follow-up, brother? Yeah. So, Katrina, how big of, uh, I mean, how big is the gap when you tell, when you say that, uh, you know, uh, the ecosystem in China or the 
readiness in terms of uh, cell manufacturing battery manufacturing how big is the gap between china and the us ecosystem or is it just a matter of some teething issues you know uh, till the time the process stabilizes uh, in any in any new plant in us so is it a matter of teething issues or it's uh, a clear gap of uh, technology so i would say the gap is large and also wide um the reason is that so we used to think okay us we are really good at you know innovations we are really good at um you know from 0 to 1 and then china is good at from 1 to n but right now look at the battery industry when i see battery startups in the us they are struggling to achieve you know their when i saw their deck oh we are going to achieve 450 watt hour per kilogram in 2027 and then CTR already announced 500 watt hour per kilogram of uh, um battery and which highly possible if they announce it it might be already on their road map how to mass produce it um but my point is that right now in the battery industry China has been doing that for the past 30 years but US startups you know we're having much less shorter accumulations um than companies in china and so the ip actually this is what i heard is that chinese companies like cetl top companies byd they are having ips in the battery space from materials innovation to cell design to manufacturing even the equipment for how to make these batteries um are much widely covered and many of them are uh, are like global patents basically the people the engineers the scientists they are incentivized to file international uh patents so so actually it's it's also surprised me as well because i used to think oh us is we are probably more advanced we are good at um innovation in the battery space but this is this is no longer not not exactly the true um the big battery companies the tier ones in china they have ip covered almost everywhere like you name it lithium metal sodium ion battery not not only on the innovations but also on how to make it so i think the gap i'm seeing not only on the manufacturing but also on the innovation on the ip uh i think many of the companies in asia is um much ahead than us startups um and also speaking of manufacturing the level of automations is also um beyond my expectation because right now if you're visiting a battery startups here in the us making battery pack you'll find it looks like more a workshop still a lot of manual um process a lot of human intervening but in china if you look at those gigafactory assembling lines it's fully automated in scale so 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 many assumptions that we really need to refresh our assumptions we used to think oh us we need to, we have we can lift rock we can build um auto, auto automated production lines but that is actually already done in a in a much mass scale way in china and there i i i would also like mention that um not only battery cell material design but also the pack design 
right now in China is much more advanced. So there, the pack design is the level of simplicity uh, and also the way how the design is for inline manufacturing is much advanced and ahead than US companies. So, so I think from design to manufacturing, I do see the gap in between the two countries, in between the startups and big companies. Um, yeah, I would say um, there's still a lot of opportunities in the U.S. You know, with IRA, with a big market, um, the startups might really want to find a unique way. Um, and I would really recommend you know to think about some of the collaborations or reverse licensing um, to to help startups here in the U.S. You know, it's kind of exchange of market and IP. We used to do that like 10 years ago when companies go to China, when company won the big market in China, they kind of, you know, to exchange their IP. But right now I think we, we're doing that reversely. If China wants the big market of US um, EV um, batteries on electrification, I think there will be opportunity that, um, you know, the market IP exchange can happen. And then U.S. startups can take a, take advantage of that. Great, thanks a lot. I think Ngoto has another question. Wow, Th thanks so much. Um, it's a real joy listening to you, Catherine. Um, to echo what you're 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 talking about in terms of China being advanced, there's a fair month, um, and you know I was amazed. I won't be attending, but one of my colleagues will, um, and that over 2,000 companies dealing in the battery infrastructure. So, yeah, you're absolutely spot on there. Um, my, my question um, is really now from, uh, you know, when you put back on the investor hat um, and, you, you know, talking about, you know, like target, target horizons, you know, is, is it the typical VC structure, you know, where you're looking at five to seven years to, to exit or, you know, is it factors of being in a corporate setting that you have a longer term horizon to, to get your return back? And I ask that in the context of, you know, if I'm investing in battery technology, it's, it's the, the benefit is really with the uptake. Um, the uptake here seemed to me to be, uh, manufacturers who might want to see more traction um, before they become a user? Uh, sure. I think from, uh, I think you mentioned kind of horizon or um, time, time span. Um, mm -hmm. I would say right now the industry is moving fast. There's so much money poured into uh, the battery space, but it doesn't really accelerate the the process of you know from um, lab scale innovation to the level of you know high MRL high manufacturing awareness level. So that's why mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of companies, even though they go IPO, they still have like zero yield rate. So 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 um, so so I think for time wise. From TDK Ventures, we are a corporate VC. Usually compared with financial VCs, we are more um, patient um, because we there's a value of strategic concern there. 
I'm also seeing this that for many, you will see many of the like solid state startup investment. The investors are OEMs, the investors are strategic because for them, the main goal is not to get a financial return. It's not, you know, to, after five to seven years, I expect the company to give me, you know, um, how many times return. It's more like strategic, strategic consideration. It's like mm. a company like um, Hyundai, they make different bets. They put their eggs in different baskets, right? For example, they made an mm. investment in SES, Factorial, uh, so, so they solid power. So they made investment into different like uh, lithium metals, sulfide, uh, and also uh, polymer. They made that into different technologies. Uh, so, so the goal probably not exactly on a financial return, but more um, to explore these opportunities together with startups. So I would say investors right now um, in battery space, like strategic and also financial, some of the impact fund, um, they're also pretty patient. Um, they're also getting more and more familiar with the timeline and the readiness level of the technology and the manufacturing that um, battery startup uh, should take. Um, but I would say right now people are more patient and and um, and the timeline wise, people are expected that right now we're getting more and more learning that, you know, it, it won't happen in five years. We have to continue support um, uh, these innovations. So that's also why we save half our fund for follow-on investment. Um, so we give our first check um, probably in C, Series A, but we will continue um, invest in their B later round, B stage, C stage, as long as we can uh, support, because we know all these are like very deep tech hardware investments, takes time. They have to be patient. Wow, thank you. Thanks so much for that, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ngoto. And um, with this, are there any questions still from the audience or Bavia, anybody on the panel? Otherwise, we're also wrapping, coming towards the end as we planned. So we might be very on time, which could be very good as well. Um, I also know Mark had a question earlier. I'm not sure, Mark, you want to still ask it um, about some of the challenges, which was more recycling, maybe focused. Otherwise, oh, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Thanks for joining. Yeah, I saw his questions about good morning, yeah. good afternoon. Yeah, so my question was in, um, in um, traditional, one second, in um, a lot of battery traditional um, companies, a lot of processing, sodium sulfate production, say in, the, in the Asia, a lot of that's dumped in the ocean. In a lot of those processes, and um, in a lot of companies, you know, current companies, new companies, uh, being in the United States or Europe, some are still producing a lot of sodium sulfate, or could potentially uh, with that. There are also some that produce zero sodium sulfate, um, and there are also companies that, for example, have issues with uh, air emissions. Pyro companies that. It's acceptable, say, in Asia, but not acceptable in the United States. And then the other issue is the scalability, meaning some companies have, you know, they're, they look really good in the lab, they have amazing results, but they've never shown any scalability 
Uh, some companies maybe don't have as exciting results, but they've shown they can scale. What What are the important parameters in terms of the, the things I just mentioned, scalability, uh, waste production for your uh, investments? How important are those parameters? Yes, Mark, you actually um, made a really good point. Uh, many of the waste um, is a big concern in the industry um, because we should not only look at what production you have, we have to look at the entire um, the entire process. Uh, what is your input? What is, what is your output? A lot of hazard material, hazard byproduct uh, has been uh, produced at the same time when you when you're producing um, like batteries, materials, uh, your battery cells. So so that is actually one of the big concern. Um, if you look at our latest investment in Novalis. Uh, Novalis is actually have a big advantage of zero solid waste. So, so in Novalis compared with traditional um, lithium extraction and processing uh, methods, they will not have, they will not produce um, sodium waste uh, in compare with other, um, in other process like you need to add soda ash, you need to add all the other um, chemicals, and then you end up with a lot of uh, um, a lot of um, waste, um, chemical waste that you have to deal with, which is very uh, nasty. So I think this is a very important consideration um, for mature for the level of maturity or um, like whether they can scale. This is another. Uh, consideration. Uh, as you said, many of them have very good uh, lab results. Uh, so th I think that's another level of consideration and the risk that we are evaluating because many of the investment targets we are looking at, they only have lab scale. Um, but I, I believe right now, uh, a lot of investors are realizing the problem of looking at the LCA, looking at the whole life cycle, uh, looking at the whole uh, production, not only on the product, but also the environment impact that the, the startup made. And then um, I think this is a very good, very important KPIs that right now uh, we are uh, looking at. So that's a really good point that you made. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate your presentation. I have no other questions. All right. Um, anyone else have any questions? Just opening it up to folks. Uh, not a question. Uh, just okay. a comment or just just an add-on to uh, what Mark raised. Uh, so I have closely worked, uh, you know, in lithium-ion battery recycling in India, and uh, the issue of uh, dumping of uh, solutions like sodium sulfate. So these are very strictly dealt with uh, in India. At as far as I know, uh, so you've got very strict environmental norms wherein you have to submit, uh, you know, a periodic mass balance reports and that those that level of detailing uh, about how your how your plant runs. So so these things are catching up and investors are also looking at very detailed documents when it comes to ESG and uh, the unit economics and the entire uh, mass balance of these plants. So this is something that is uh, being dealt with very strongly, at least in the Asian part of the world. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think India is also a very large market. Um, so so for our company, uh, ATL is one of the uh, subsidies in under TVK. They have two plants um, in, in India. 
And then right now the big electrification wave in India, we're also like um, trying to move. We're looking at startup that is moving ahead to try to find a much cleaner way um, to produce uh, materials and batteries. Yeah, India is a huge market. <laughs> Thanks Great for things. that uh, comment, Babe. Um, I think with that, are we any other questions? I think Heinz came up as well. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hi, everyone. Yeah, thank you very much for for this uh, very very nice room. Um, I really appreciate the uh, investment insights. So I myself invest for quite some time in the battery space, mainly on the stock market. I created a couple of companies myself. I IPO'd even one, mostly in the space of, of battery tech, but more on not, not like so deep in the chemistry, but more like on battery system technology. That's like my, my primary focus of my like private um, uh, angel investments. Like the stock market part, I, I look to be like really broadly invested in the value chain, like from mines mining the raw materials from people making the precursor materials over to um, actually cell manufacturing and system integrators where um, I try try to have like a, a good balance in, in, in the portfolio. But obviously, if you have the ability to be invested in a, a lot of small startups with interesting technology, which are not on public stock markets, then it's a very interesting um, uh, prospect you have which is mostly not possible for private investors um, so it was quite interesting to to listen um, what you said I'm, I, I myself um, want to add if, if um, I'm currently I'm leading a team of battery test engineers for an aerospace company so if you guys know anyone who is interested in a battery testing uh, engineering job um, please let me know reach out to me um, this would be located here in Germany for a German EV toll company. So if you guys are interested uh, or you know somebody would be interested in a job, please please reach out to me. And thanks again for this wonderful room. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Hans. Which company is that? I, I do hear um, a lot of uh, good news from EV toll industry recently. Yeah, um, it's 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 a Munich-based company. Um, as I'm privately here, and I'm, I'm also here with a pseudonym. I don't want to disclose my. I I can disclose it to the people who will uh, write me, but I would prefer not to disclose it here. Um, sure, uh, no problem. I'm just here. It is it is now. a public listed. It yeah. is a public listed company. I think okay. most people now can figure out which company it is, but I would prefer to stay private here. Um, because I, uh, it's it's uh, not business related. My activities on Clubhouse so much is more private, but um, I really enjoy um, your professional rooms on the industry I'm working in, and so I wanted to chime in and um, said if if you guys know good battery test engineers, please um, they should just ping me or uh, and then I give them my like real world details. But I would not like to share this publicly on Clubhouse. I hope you understand that. Sure, sure. I think right now is a lot of exciting, like news on eVTOL, both from the policy regulatories. I think companies getting progress of getting permits, and also on the battery side, you know, with the CATL battery, we're also seeing a lot of lights there, uh, for better battery and power um, support for eVTOLs, UAMs. 
yeah, I think probably right now it's a time for eVTOL. To yeah, I think off. the whole whole eVTOL industry is lining up to sell their grandma in the moment to get a get a hands on the CATL five hundred watt hour cells. <laughs> yeah, quite convinced of that. <laughs> Hey, uh, Catherine, I had a quick uh, question. If you would be comfortable disclosing any uh, recycling startups that you have been exploring in India, uh, or if you could recommend a few few names that you mentioned about, you know, uh, Tenek Recycling, uh, who are pretty ahead of the curve. Uh, recycling companies in India, um, well, we actually, uh, I, I, I won't put my comments here, but we did, we did see some companies that from India, but right now they also have business in the US. Um, and then I saw a company there also could do LFP recycling, uh, which is pretty interesting because if you can do L LFP recycling um, with a good economic cost, um, that, that would be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can disclose the name, but um, yeah, I think there are very interesting startups in uh, India. Uh, they're also expanding to U.S. markets. Thanks. Any other questions? Okay. I think we have had a number of questions. Uh, thank you so much uh, to all of you for joining. And most importantly, thank you, Catherine, for your time. Um, I didn't forget you're on the West Coast. So I know it's very early and um, we're so lucky to be able to hear from you, get some insights um, and, you know, have a conversation about investments and where the world of batteries um, is headed in the in related to um, financials and investments and what that might look like going forward. So thanks so much for your perspective and your time. And thank you, everybody else for joining and participating and ensuring, as usual, that we have a lively discussion here. Thank you, Bavia. And thank you, Simon. It's a really good, um, good time discussing, chatting with everyone around these uh, exciting topics thank you catherine thank you bavia thank you everyone for joining and yeah, just as a note because also in the chat was mentioning can we summarize it etc um the recording actually will be made available um on our battery insiders podcast which you can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts such as spotify amazon music Apple podcasts and um, all these other platforms and um also one and just put your email in there and then you can um, get a notification as probably some people got here also for today's room. Um, we actually have a very exciting room already planned for next month. Um, so look out for that. So it, should be a, it will be a bit of a different style. It will be a panel from a lot of interesting experts. Um, you, will, yeah, you don't want to miss it. So uh, make sure you stay tuned. Also, the next few weeks and months, I will be on the road a lot, visiting conferences such as the um, now next week in London, Future of the Car Summit from the Financial Times, then the one at the European Battery Show, then also in Birmingham, the Battery Expo, and there's a lot of other conferences and events. And I'm actually going to bring some of my podcast equipment with me as well. So maybe also expect some podcasts from the road. Um, they won't be live, but they will be possible. You can listen to them on Spotify and all these platforms under Battery Insiders. With this, just a massive thanks again to all of you and speak very soon. Congratulations, Simon. That a, a, sounds very some super professional. <laughs> thanks, Catherine. Have a good day. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.